I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out. They have a lot of great items from different artists from all around, like jewelry, blankets, art, clothing, cedar boxes, indigenous home decor, car accessories, totes, and so much more. You could spend hours in this store. I'm not kidding. I went to the first time, and I think I spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have. I mean, it's so unique. If you haven't yet, Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page. So if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. podcast on this episode i have indigenous artist savannah Tallbear. hello hey how's it going it's good how are you doing great how was uh your little trip up here it was pretty good uh pretty quick pretty quick i, I actually made it here a lot sooner than i was supposed to i was not running on indian time Ugh. which would have been acceptable i <laughs> it's i uh i feel like it's it's one of my problems. I'm anti-Indian time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tweeted about it the other day. I So I'm apparently, not with shipping out art and beadwork and whatever, I'm apparently a box store regular. Mm-hmm. And so I got to the box store 20 minutes early the other day. And so I beat the guy who works there. Then he showed up and he went inside. But he had seen that I was waiting outside and he came up to my window. And I rolled it down and he saw it was me. And he was like, oh, you can come on in. Like, like oh, <laughs> like 20 minutes before they're supposed to open. I felt so bad just because I'm making this man work before he's even <laughs> supposed to be on the clock. But I know I'm a regular now at the box store. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. I remember, well, like ending time, it's funny because we try to say, but I think the first time we did something, we were like, yeah, everybody get there like a, 6 30 or something there's six or something and i can't remember what we were saying but a bunch of natives so we did everybody showed up like an hour later 30 minutes later yep. even an hour and a half later <laughs> somebody showed up and then the only person that showed up was uh like on time was our friend anna and like she wasn't so accustomed to everybody yet mm-hmm. so she was she got there like early as hell like i think like even 10 minutes before 6 30 oh and so just hanging out i guess and then when we all got there, they told us that story, and man, I started, I started just cracking up because I was like, damn, I was like, 
I was like, because we were, I think we were like an hour late. Because like, <laughs> it, it was like 6.15 and I was like, well, I better start getting ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah. You know, the, I already know how it goes, but I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's just so funny like how everybody knows like what Indian time is. Yeah. Yeah. My whole, uh, it's kind of funny. My friend group, we, it's, I mean, it's a bunch of Indians. And so natives whatever indigenous folks mm-hmm. preferences um and so you kind of set we'll say a time and then there's certain people in the group you can tell who's going to run on indian time and who's not mm-hmm. <laughs> just by our track record so we'll be like okay so we're going at this time but it's this time for you <laughs> 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 or sometimes i just think that too like, I'll go to someone's house while we're getting ready, and I'm like, I know we're going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to deal with it. Well, it's cool because it's acceptable, I guess. Yes. It's it's uh, it's just, hey, whatever. Like, yeah. You're late. We're, <laughs> like, yeah, we're m- much more chillax about things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I left out you were a beater also. Yes. In your introduction. Yes, I um, am. So I have actually been doing art since I was little. Um, mm-hmm. There's a school in the city, Class in School of Advanced Studies, and it's like an arts slash kind of college prep school. So you can either be like an art major, a dance major, a theater major, choir, band, you know, any of those things, or you can be international baccalaureate, which is like the college prep side and you get like a special certificate. Mm -hmm. I was not that one. (laughs) I was an art major. Um, but you have to, you have like an audition to get in, um, and they take you out back and make you draw a church within an hour that's back there behind the school. Um, and then you submit like a portfolio when you're in fifth grade. (laughs) Whoa. So it goes sixth grade through twelfth. So I went, I went there up until tenth grade, switched schools, um, and I was still like in AP art when I switched schools and doing like ceramics and stuff. Um, then I went to OU for a little bit. I kind of dropped off my art stuff. Like I pretty much only art I did at the time was like to decorate my apartment because mm-hmm. you know broke college student <laughs> like I was like, but I still want my place to look cute. <laughs> Um, and then college wasn't for me. I'm a hairdresser now by trade. So left college a couple of years later, decided like I do all my friends hair anyway. So like, why not make money off of it? Mm-hmm. Or I had done all my friends hair like whenever I was younger. And so I decided to go to school for that. Um, did that worked for a lady for like three years um that i like had no time for anything and then finally i decided to leave her but we took a puff and paint class for my birthday mm-hmm. before i left that salon and um you know all those years in art school, it's a lot of still life and perspective and dimension and technical stuff. Um, so it's not that exciting. Like you get to draw what you want to draw sometimes, but a lot of the other times you're looking at fruit and like mm. figurines. 
Um, so we took this puff and paint class and it was just like, you're using paint trowels to like drag the paint and push it and scrape it and do whatever. And like, you're just pouring paint. And since like, you're just chilling out while you're doing it, it's kind of like, you don't feel like you have to be as perfect mm-hmm. or as technical. So that like really made me want to start making art again. And so... I went and bought a, quite a few canvases and I just started making a ton of stuff and quite a bit of that stuff, I mean, is actually either still hanging in my house or my friends have it in their houses or like people off Twitter have bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, I haven't stopped painting since then. Um, Native Twitter has been like a huge supporter Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend, she lives in the city. She is the curator for Carpe Artem. It's one of the galleries I'm in, in the city. Um, but she's Muscogee Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just found each other on Twitter and she said she wanted her hair done. Cause I just posted something about getting her hair done. But then she came and she was like, I really want to talk about your paintings too. And I had paintings hanging in my salon room. And she was like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, bring me stuff. And so then I brought them stuff. And then I haven't stopped painting and talking to people and just putting it out there. So, and then um, as I, so native Twitter again, as I, like, can like participation and involvement with the native Twitter and like getting to know people and learning about my own culture. Like I was like, well, like I really love beaded earrings, but it would be really cool if I could make my own. And so my aunt gave me some of the like stiffened felt Mm -hmm. and I went and I bought like, (laughs) I went crazy about a ton of beads, but (laughs) um, I think that first night I, probably made like four pairs of earrings because I had found like, you know, the things that go in the centers so you can just glue them down Mm. and then go around them. Mm -hmm. But I made like four different pairs of earrings and I made all my sister's Christmas presents (laughs) beating. Um, And I have six sisters. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of earrings. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I don't, it's just being encouraged and like more connected and whatever you want to call it. I've, it, I feel like beating has been a way to connect more for me. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and I kind of have like a ping pong brain, so it's nice to have something like if I get bored of painting, then I can bead instead. Or if I get bored of, beating I can paint instead mm-hmm. and then like I mean doing hair is a creative thing too because you're using color theory to dye hair and stuff like that so it's all kind of it's just one thing is boring okay I'll do just do something else mm, <laughs> yeah. it all balances out yeah so that's nice yeah that's how my friend Brian uh Waitula is he does all kind of stuff I mean he made he prints shirts uh, he does paintings. He works with charcoal, and he makes like little 
figurines too, like out of um the Funko Pops. He made a he made a freaking um West Duty from Dances with Wolves. Oh my god. I seen it and I was like, whoa, like That's so cool. I guess people were like trying to get it off of him, but I thought that was really cool. But I mean, he does the same thing, like he just doesn't there's so much medium that he does that he just, you know, if he gets bored or tired of doing this, yeah. then he has something else to go to. Or yeah. like he has other projects he can go to, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I like how, I think we've all had that fe- feeling of like, man, I like I like beadwork. You know, I, I love beadwork and I would love to do it and try it. You know, and it's cool, like you actually like, actually took the time and of course you bought the stuff, but you actually like, started doing it and you've knocked out like four pairs of earrings i guess so like i i had the same thought too of like god i want to beat so bad but i i just don't do it like i didn't i don't even know where to start <laughs> it so honestly <laughs> instagram was a huge help like my so my aunt she explained it to me how to do mm-hmm. it and so in my mind like i kind of got an idea but then watching just people do tutorials on Instagram mm-hmm. or they're like, this is my process video of making this earring. I was like, Oh, I can like, I can figure that out. And then just gradually like, okay, I'm figuring out, well, this makes your stitch tighter or like it looks cleaner or, you know, like how to beat around a corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and then like learning how to edge all the different components I didn't, like, for a while, I didn't even know that you were supposed to, like, put backing in there to make it kind of, to make it not floppy. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) So my sister's (laughs) earrings don't have any backing in them. But (laughs) the newer ones do. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool. Like, uh, it's. Like, just finding new materials and seeing, like, not that you, like, I know there is um, people, like, stealing other people's patterns Mm -hmm. in the community uh, a lot, like, and I've seen posts about it, um, but, like... It's awesome to get inspiration from others, like because yeah. there's so many different beadwork artists out there now. So, like, even just getting inspired by like shapes or like how they combine their um, medium, like because not like people use bigger beads and smaller beads or all their shiny beads or their rhinestones or whatever. It's all it just there's so much different ways you can go with beadwork and so it's all it's awesome to me to just be able to observe it all and get inspired yeah and then kind of find materials for myself that i that inspire me that i feel combine well together mm-hmm. <laughs> so i i just think it's awesome to do yeah <laughs> of, of course and i mean you've been i mean you've been an artist since you were little. Yeah. So <clears throat> now when did you, when did, when did you, when did that night happen when you started beating? When, how long ago was that? It was December of 21. Oh, so not even, not even that long. No. Here you are knocking <laughs> stuff out, posting on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, um, and it's, it, it's, has a lot to do with my friends. Um, they are very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I have other friends who do beadwork too, who I think their stuff is gorgeous and I look up to them a lot. And so getting their feedback and like input on my stuff is like really helpful too. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, I don't feel like anyone in the community wants to be selfish. Um, so it's like nice being able to share like tricks of the trade yeah. <laughs> with each other and like have people that are supporting you, even if it's not monetarily, like, cause that's not what it's all about. It's like, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just nice to hear like, you're doing good. Like that's really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think it's really pretty too. (laughs) (laughs) I made it with my hands. Now my fingers hurt. (laughs) So it, yeah, it, I am just thankful to have friends who are so encouraging. Yeah. For like, cause if I hadn't have had friends like that, I probably would have just been like, eh, like I'll make these for my sisters, but maybe I can like, I don't need to make any more. <laughs> but, you know, your friends are like, dude, you should totally sell those. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. And then now here I am, like, sometimes. You are making bank. Sometimes it pays my <laughs> bills. <laughs> sometimes it pays my bills. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, sometimes it helps. <laughs> you know, we're all out here surviving colonialism. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to make my money where I can. <laughs> so that's what I can say about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like encouragement can go. It helps so much. I just organized my beads the other day. Mm-hmm. It was the best feeling ever. <laughs> Grown up. <laughs> There's like a spot for everything. I know where all my cabs are, my beads are, my backing, my vinyl, my hide, my needles, <laughs> my scissors. It was crazy. I was operating out of a bin before that was like 12 by 15 inches. Mm -hmm. And now I have a whole like three drawer system. Oh, I know I'm fancy. Fancy now. My friend gave it to me. I didn't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I just, I do feel like a grow up, a grow up, a A grown up, (laughs) grown up. A glow up? No. Sorry, I got Invisalign, um, and so sometimes I don't know how to talk. So maybe a podcast wasn't my best idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so yeah, I did feel like a grown up though, organizing all my beads, and it, like you said, it is therapeutic, and so, and just the same as with painting too. Like, I can go in my room if I'm, if I have ideas, I can go in my little room that I have for painting and sit at my easel and probably be in there for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend will be like, are you going to come eat? <laughs> <laughs> um, or I can sit at the table beating for the same amount of time and knock out, you know, two pairs of earrings or whatever. And just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is nice to just have something to Keep your hands busy. Yeah. And your mind off of things. It is. I mean, I just talked to a friend of the show now, Steven Morales, and, you know, same thing. Like, a lot of stuff just gets to people, you know, but through art, like art therapy and stuff like that, like, it does keep your mind occupied, your hands occupied, and it 
makes you fo- it helps you focus. You know, like that's that's why I do this too. It's like before this, it was just kind of like depressive. I was in a depressive depressive state all the time, and because I always knew like there was something cooler to do than just go work for somebody else that does not give a fuck about you. Yes. Yeah. I knew there was like, God, yes, but it's so, but it's so hard and scary. Oh, I know. To like, to take that jump to just, you know, cause where I, where I was working at, it was a very stressful environment. You know, I love my coworkers, coworkers, but it was just a very stressful like job to have. And then, then you're there like all the time. Then you're, then here at home, you know, and, and then when, Got that call back to go back after being furloughed. I was like, uh, I already, you know, I learned this stuff. So I was like, man, I guess this is that, that risk people talk about. Like, I guess I'll bet on myself. And yeah. I told them, I was like, not coming back. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, hung up. And I was like, see, that just shows like yeah. how fucking replaceable you are. Like, yeah. it's not even like, are you sure? Like, what, why? You know, like, I mean, it's just, it just goes to show you, like, you're just replaceable as fuck. So, I mean, you know, doing that was probably the best, one of the best, like, decisions I made for myself, I think, in the, probably ever. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, of course, I went to IIA, but I kind of felt like I had to do that, you know, because I was being for, like, not forced, but it seemed like people were, like, egging me on to, like, go to college mm-hmm. when I didn't understand what college was yeah I feel like college was a really big mistake I made uh, we went to OU I know yeah <laughs> so. shit was expensive <laughs> how Bruh. much was it uh, I don't even remember I just know <laughs> that when I left I had to pay back my Pell Grants and that what yeah and I was like $1,400 I had to pay back and I was like bro and okay, we're going to talk about mental health too. So I have bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Didn't know it when I was in college because uh, it's when it onset. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was just being like reckless, trying to like just figure out what's going on. Like, don't know. In college, living by myself, like nobody's supervising me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the I've, leash is off. Yeah. Yeah. And like. I was an athlete too. So I thought I was like, you know, big shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can do anything like, um, not like criminal, but just like, I once pulled a sign out of the ground just to like prove to the boys I could like a parking sign. Oh, okay. Just stupid shit. <laughs> um, it just, yeah. But like, I was not, in no place to make any decisions about college or like make like anything like I shouldn't have had access to like the refund money that they give you like <laughs> like yeah. I sh- I went to I drove to Dallas one day like probably in a manic episode and I just spent like probably half my refund on clothes yeah came back instantly regretted it but I'm not about to drive back to Dallas to return all these clothes am I like just crazy and I look back and I'm like I really feel sorry for my like for the girl I was because like I wish she had 
figured it out or somebody would have helped her or like mm-hmm. said, hey, maybe like what you're going through is like you can find help some other ways or like talk to somebody else than the other people, the, the people you're talking to who aren't helping you, you yeah. know, because I heavily believe now like being in touch with our culture and with our people and like having a community behind us um, is very helpful for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that connection. Um, and I didn't have it at the time. Uh, my dad's sister and brother passed away when I was in middle school and I, you know, Indians, family drama yeah. at funerals. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't really go around that much after my aunt and uncle passed away. And so that connection wasn't there. And then I just went to college. And like you said, the lease was off. Yeah. <laughs> just reckless and like no worries and uh. like not considerate. I didn't care about what happened to me. I honestly, I like I wasn't caring if I was here. Yeah. So yeah. like college was not the place for me. But it's what you're I felt like it was, it was what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. So I went there. I was an athlete. I won a Big 12 championship, but I was also like losing my mind yeah. <laughs> at the same time. So it's, you know, I look back on those times and I'm just like, man, like if only I had had what I have now, like I could have saved myself so much grief and like strife and struggle and like, maybe I would be farther along than I am now. I mean, mm. granted, creator, uh, I mean, he's taking care of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, def- heavily feel that. Um, so I can't really, like, I regret what happened, but I can't say that, like, it didn't help shape me. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Well, I mean, we're, we're, we were kids, you know, and then, I mean, it's like, you don't understand the world yet. Yeah. And then when, and then when you look back on it, you, you realize all these family drama, um, the things you were told as a young kid to this adult becoming a, like an actual adult, like mm-hmm. you're, you're considered an adult at 18, but you like, you don't understand like how the world works. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't taught in uh, public school. They don't teach you shit. They don't teach taxes. You, they don't teach you taxes. They don't teach you like anything except like God. just like old history and math shit. And I mean, and the history is not even correct. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, they don't teach you like real history. Like it's just like this stuff that they just throw at you. And I mean, I guess that's a curriculum or whatever. But I mean, it it should change. You know, it should be like how to. How to get your credit? Like what? Like I remember when I first got a how to buy a car, how to get a house, how to get a car. Like I got a car, to, right? And that. then once a, once that was paid off, the credit went away. And so when I had to get a new car, they were like, "You don't have any credit." And I was like, "I thought it stayed." You know, like nobody yeah. said shit. And yeah. so they were like, "Oh, oh no, man. you no, you paid that off, and it's done. Like your credits. See you, see you later." <laughs> and then 
it's like wow. Shouldn't that count for something? So I spent like five, four or five years like doing that. Now it's just gone. And but you got to keep a a credit line open. Yep. Yeah, and it's so. Oh, I know. See, I mean, like, I got my first credit card in college too. That was a. I don't know why anybody let me do that. (laughs) Why did anybody let me do that? Like, (laughs) I was. I was. So I was in college 2012 to 2013, 20, yeah, 2013, mm-hmm. 2012 and 2013, and I didn't pay off that credit card until, like, five years later. Really? Because, and it, because I, like, overdrafted it. Mm-hmm. Let me have that. I didn't need that money. I only needed money that I had at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one taught me how to be responsible. Nobody told you what that was. Yeah. That's not, that's not emergency money. That's money you got to pay back. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. How did you get that credit card? Did you? It was like one of those stupid student credit cards that they give you for like, it was seriously, it was only for like, it was not even for a lot of money, but I just out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, on okay, so I like I'm going to seriously say this one more time. Credit native Twitter was so much because following so many different people from so many different tribes and you know, expanding my knowledge on like blood quantum and colonization and, you know, freedmen and East Coast tribes, West Coast tribes, like the stuff that's not talked about in school mm-hmm. that, you know, only like really these people, because they're those tribes, are going to know. It's so, like, I mean, obviously, blood quantum and stuff like that is dependent my nation still, but it's kind of a universal thing that we can all, like, talk about or at least know what it is. And so, like, my opinion on it has changed since... Joining native, tw- I, joining native Twitter, um, <laughs> like, I am three separate tribes. I'm Tasista Sista, which is Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. I'm Kaw, and then I'm Agwala Lakota. It's funny because the Cheyenne and the Lakota were friends, but then the Kaw and the Cheyenne were, like, enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I'm also Mexican and white. I'm all of those things all the time. I'm never, I'm not like, I'm not like a eighth Cheyenne eating this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just Cheyenne eating this. I, I don't feel like someone having more or less quantum than me matters. Yeah. I mean, I think what the Cherokee do is awesome because it is a form of resistance 
against like the U.S. government. They're like, if you're interested in your culture and you want to be a part of it, we'll take you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's amazing because like, and I know there's some people who maybe only join for the license plate. Mm-hmm. That's, but you know, who fucking cares? Let them have their license plate. <laughs> <laughs> like they're, I like if I ever have a child, I want and not that enrollment is the end all be all or whatever, but for the federal government to assist us with anything, you know, that helps. Yeah. Or to go to IHS, that helps. But if I were to ever want a kid, like I want them to have like the same kind of access to things that I have. Mm-hmm. And but what if according to one of these tribes, like they're not native, mm-hmm. depending on who I have a kid with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I just, like my opinion, like I just, I just, like my godfather was 100% Creek. And I think that's amazing. And we have... You know, he was super involved, and that's good for him. But I also think that someone who is, you know, one sixteenth or one one hundredth, like the Cherokee will do or whatever. I don't know how high it goes. I just think, and I'm sorry to any of my Cherokee friends for my misinformation right now. <laughs> uh, I probably sound like an ass. Um, but I'm, in the end, just saying I think what they do is cool because... I, that's just how I think it should be. I think we should, it's about kinship, you know, mm-hmm. it's about being involved with your people and, uh, having those ties to one another. And I know that's hard with our history, um, because of like the 60 scoop and residential schools and a lot of adopting out some people, it's hard to find where your people are from or your original, like, nations and stuff but i think we can all if we stop judging each other by our quantum we would strengthen ourselves a lot more Mm -hmm. strengthen our nations a lot more um because we really do need that like our nations are becoming sovereign like they're becoming strong in their sovereignty like we're getting affirmed not that we've we know we're sovereign and we know we have, we will, we have always existed and we, you know, been here before, since before colonization, whatever. But we're now being affirmed that, you know, these, this land is ours and we're taking it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think having our, population match our sovereignty especially if it's a strong population of people who are connected to one another and actually care is i mean why is that not the goal (laughs) true yeah because to be honest the united states government is not taking care of us (laughs) so Mm. we got to take care of us and we have been like but like just seeing during the pandemic like how tribes really like confronted it head on and were like 
we're enacting these plans like in place like to make sure like people are safe and like so that the hospitals are ready and like you know they were they took action Mm-hmm. where I was like, you watched our city and I, not, maybe not your city. I don't think, I think your city did pretty good actually. <laughs> My city, not so great. Um, but like watching our city and state, like just fumble the ball so hard in comparison to tribes. It was like, man, who really should be in charge here? <laughs> right. I know who I think, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I just, maybe I'm, sometimes I feel like a crazy radical, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then other times I'm like, no, I'm just an indigenous person who's tired Mm -hmm. and just making it out here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I feel like that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I mean, there's nothing else to do except keep on going. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the blood quantum thing, it comes up more because a lot of people are starting to realize that it's not a good thing. I mean, it's, it, we're only people that are labeled like, like dogs, like animals, you know, I mean, and, but I mean, you have the older generation yeah. that, you know, that hold that close to them, you know, and, and I know it, some that they have their reasons. I mean, cause they, they're the ones who went through, the, boarding the shame. Yeah, they, they went, went through. They're the ones who went through the shame. So, yeah, to them, still holding on to that, hundred percent. I mean, I get it, but like, you have to understand that, like, your grandkids, man, like, yeah, think, think about the seventh generation. Isn't that what we're supposed to be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get it, but it's because, like, my. Godfather, 100%, quote-unquote, 100%. And so I understand the pride, but if you're not passing it on to anybody, your pride's just going to fizzle out, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and, I mean, that sounds weird, like, oh, go have babies so you can pass it on. No, just, why not share the community with your people like people who you know are your people like say I have like a little cousin or something like or a nephew or something like but maybe they can't enroll like but they still come to ceremony and they still come to whatever like are they not native Mm -hmm. that's just how I view it we had a guest on a while back and her son is not enough of the tribe to be in the tribe but he still goes to ceremonies and he does the language and he does everything that he's supposed to, to be a part of the tribe. But yeah, he's still not enough to be enrolled with the tribe. Yeah. And so, and that's a big conflict too, because, you know, he knows more about the the actual culture, heritage and all that than some of the enrolled members do. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we're talking about that a little bit and, and she just didn't know what to do, you know. And so, I, but I think that, I think he's another tribe too. But she really wanted him to be what she was. Yeah. To be enrolled with her in that tribe in California. But, but she just said that she's probably going to just enroll him in his other tribe because I guess he's enough, I guess. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, 
I don't know what every well, I don't know what every tribe's uh yeah quantum, quantum thing is. Yeah. I don't know how we, I don't even know what you call it, but I don't know. I that I mean that's exactly how I am. It's it's funny because growing up, so Carnation is kind of up here by the it's on the border like by Kansas because mm-hmm. Kansas is named after the Kansa. Um so didn't really grow up going to any of the Ka ceremony that much. Um, but the Cheyenne Arapaho territory is in El Reno, which is right outside of Oklahoma City. So I always grew up going to Cheyenne ceremony and like powwows with all my Cheyenne family and I, you know, that side. Because the Algolas are in South Dakota, so obviously not <laughs> doing much with them, but growing up like I was always like yeah I'm Cheyenne Algala and Ka I always thought I was enrolled Cheyenne so I always said Cheyenne first mm-hmm. then I got 18 and I realized like I was filling out my FAFSA shit for college mm-hmm. and like trying to get you know scholarships and grants to go to school and uh I was like well can I go through the Cheyenne to get money and my dad's like well you're not enrolled with them I was like what (laughs) he's like yeah you're not enough to be Cheyenne I was like what do you mean (laughs) he goes you don't have enough percentage to be Cheyenne I was like so you mean my whole life I've been doing all this stuff Cheyenne ways Mm -hmm. Cheyenne traditions like beliefs But to them, I'm not Cheyenne. Yeah. And so then I found out, oh, yeah, you're enrolled call because I'm enro- enough to be enrolled call, even though I'm more Cheyenne than I am call hmm. per blood quantum. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, and the Cheyennes just actually changed their constitution to where they lowered it so that I can be enrolled. So I applied to be Cheyenne. So fingers crossed they take me. If they don't, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) How many uh, tribal members are there in Cheyenne? Oh, man. I don't even know. Quite a few. I know it's... 5,000? Well, because it's... The Cheyenne and Arapahoes are joined in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Oh, CNA. So I don't... Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Because there's... This is Southern Cheyenne, and then there's Northern Cheyenne, too. I know the call, there's only 3,500. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're very small. Same with Pawnees. I think yeah. they're like 3,000, mm-hmm. maybe a little under that. Mm-hmm. So the blood quantum thing is really low to get in. Yeah. They're trying to lower it again. There's a little uproar about it. It's <sighs> like, I mean, I get it. You got to. I don't get that, you know, like getting mad at to lower it, you know, because. To this whole sovereignty thing, you have to meet a, a quota, I guess, to at least receive the services through the yeah. government or whatever. Yeah. Like that's where that cares fund came from. You know, you had to meet that. What was it like a, a census or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to do that. Like I low key feel bad about switching, mm-hmm. but I am like it's not. It's not personal. 
it's not about the benefits or like money or anything. Yeah. It's you grew up. Yeah. And being, I, f- and I feel yeah. bad, like taking, like, I know I'm caught mm-hmm. and I'm fully, I'm trying to step more into learning about that side of myself and the nation and our traditions and stuff, but I didn't grow up in them. So I don't feel right. Like taking their money <laughs> sure, yeah, and something like getting benefits from them when it's like, what do I know about you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I am call. And so I know what a call person's daily life looks like, but it's like, I don't know um, what kind of dances we do. I don't know what kind of prayers we have or ceremonies we have or, you know, whatnot. Uh, and I'm trying to look more into that. Um, but I just feel like, you know, I should be with who I grew up with. And if, even though I don't agree with the system, even, you know, I'm, it's granted me access. So I'm going to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they told me it's going to be a year before they know. I was like, dang. Wow, really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, dang. Freaking year. When did you apply? January. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. I guess they had like a thousand something uh, applicants. I was like, I guess, I mean, that's fine. But can't you just run my enrollment number? Like my, my daddy's on your roll. (laughs) Take me. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. I don't know how long ours, ours takes in. That's crazy. I I never like thought of a, a timetable to be enrolled in a tribe or some sort. I know Cherokees is crazy right now too, cause my one of my best friends she. So whenever I started delving into learning more and like coming back, cause like I said, whenever I was younger, my aunt and uncle passed away. Drama mm-hmm. left. Now I'm painting again, and I started going back. Like I went to. Um ceremony again for the first time in like 15 years last summer and like it was I'm very thankful my cousin invited me because I probably would have been like too self-conscious to go if she hadn't mm-hmm. uh just because that's me but I'm glad she invited me and so like I went and like I had already been learning more on you know, Twitter, and I now have, like, a really good close group of, like, Lakota, Ocheti, Shikoan friends, um, and, but my friend, since I started, like, going back, she was like, well, I mean, I know I'm Cherokee, but my mom never enrolled us because, like, she had twins, and that's, <laughs> you can kind of have your hands full when you have twins. Yeah. So they just never got enrolled. And she she was like, well, like, I'm really, like, she had started going back to college and learning about everything that's, you know, Native people have gone through and taken all her classes. And she was just like, I really, like, it's something I am called to and interested in about myself. And so she put in her application for the Cherokees probably... I think, I don't know, might have been last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
December of last year, but it's they still haven't gotten it back, and they like know that they're paused because once uh, their stimulus stuff came out for the pandemic, people were like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. which. I mean, hey, if you can help your people, I'm all for it. But mm-hmm. dang, I know that line is long. True. <laughs> <laughs> but they, any of our Chilogu Cherokee people out there, they extended the stimulus until 2024, I think. So get on your portal. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for helping you out. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say my buddy, he's a, he's Cherokee. Like he knows he's Cherokee, but... He was telling me, he was like, I just, I don't know anything about, like, what that is. Like, I don't know, I know it's a tribe, you know, I don't, but I don't know, like, the language, I don't know the history, the culture. Like, I wasn't raised like that, you know, even though his mom was a, a activist, you mm-hmm. know, but, but you kind of, like, you just don't fully understand it. I mean, you could be told stuff, like. Yeah. Like growing up, like I was like, I took the language course or whatever and then did it, but I just did it for like a grade, but I didn't understand like what I was saying. Like, yeah, I mean, I knew what I was saying, like one, two, three, four, like, Hey, what, how you doing? But I didn't like get like, how was it our language or whatever? Yeah. Cause you're too young. Like, and then they don't even teach you like real history, but, but he was saying like, I just don't fully understand and I don't feel right. Just applying to be Cherokee or whatever. And I'm like. I was like, well, I mean, you know, like, since you know you are, you know, like, I don't think, like, there would be a problem with you, like, enrolling or trying to apply for, like, that citizenship because it sounds like you really, truly, like, you want to, like, you want to, like. he's trying to be respectful about it. Yeah, he's trying to, like, and, I mean, you are being respectful. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, you are being respectful or whatever, but, you know, I mean, I don't know how you would even go about. I mean, you could read stuff, but I mean, it's good to reach out to maybe other Cherokees. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, like maybe I know there's groups on Facebook. Maybe join a group and then say, "Hey, is there any they have recommendations whole, or a book or something?" I don't know. They have like I believe whole like genealogical groups on there that will help you trace yourself so mm-hmm. that you can get like your papers and stuff to be enrolled. Like. Mm-hmm support groups for that so like um i have a friend who she used to work for cherokee nation or someone i know who used to work for cherokee nation she i mean i had a friend who was in the exact same spot as you he felt bad about wanting to you know essentially dive in but i'm like what is there to feel bad about? You are interested in who you are. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a piece of you. So I feel as long as you don't speak over any elders that are trying to teach you something and you don't speak over people who, you know, grew up on res and grew up, you know, facing extra struggle just for being native, um, then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, because those are the people that we need to be listening to first because like uh elders you know 
a lot of them are stuck in certain ways, but they are our knowledge keepers and they know, you know, things that need to be passed on. And then the people who grew up within the community, like they know the struggles that, you know, not every res is dispossessed, but 30% of them don't have clean drinking water. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that shit's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) So like, or living off commods and stuff like that, you know, that's who we listen to first, but why not, why not just go talk to them? Like, why be scared? Yeah. Like sometimes I understand it's daunting, but I think like, and even just finding people who aren't in your tribe, like they don't necessarily have to be Cherokee, but like, I'm sure you have a different Cherokee friend that you could point them to. Yeah. Like, or like I pointed my friend to like three different Cherokees Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I know now just from like meeting people from native Twitter. Like I, it's going to sound crazy, but my whole friend group in Oklahoma city is somehow we met (laughs) from native Twitter and it's like, Oh now there's a group of like eight of us. But it's amazing because we all come from different tribes, but like two people or three people were Cherokee and three people are Muscogee and then two people are Seminole. And then like, there's me who's not five tribes at all, but, Mm. (laughs) um, and a Potawatomi girl too. So it's just like, there's eight different people, so how, how think of eight different people that all those eight different people know. So like, there's somehow that you can you can learn and get kinship and find your way in. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Um, you don't have to be so researchy about it. Mm-hmm. Just hang out with people. Yeah, sure. Because honestly, like I said in the beginning, Indians love to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell stories <laughs> so uh like you will learn something if you're around those people and it may not be what you think it is like you may just be learning how to act in certain spaces mm-hmm. because not everybody knows how to be respectful in certain spaces or how to carry themselves in certain situations and so sometimes getting a crash course in it is what it takes like and having to watch you know how everybody else acts is how you figure it out Mm -hmm. so and i mean that sounds i don't know if that sounds manipulative but like or like crowd effecty but you know if it's a culture you're trying to learn about then just get around your people dive into it yeah yeah that that's my my viewpoint yeah, I mean, I, I said the same thing, just, you know, I I told him I would have to think about who to contact for him, because mm-hmm. I, I do, like, I have Cherokee friends, but, you know, everybody's off doing their own thing, and, but it, to me, it just sounded like, because I tried to ask him, like, well, like, is it the language you want to learn, or, like, the the history, or, like, I don't, is it something you're just trying to pinpoint, or are you mm-hmm. trying to learn all of it? I was like, because I don't, 
don't know any Cherokee speakers. I was like, but, but yeah, I was like, maybe the if you find a group or something on Facebook, like they have a whole immersion just, school. Just dive in there and yeah, they got that immersion school. I think that's crazy. I didn't find out about that until last summer. I was like, that is that's the cool. most badass shit yeah. I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, like they do a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. I mean, it's it's uh, they're I tried to look up to. Yeah, in a sense of like how to. How to build and and uh, take care of your people, you know. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I agree. It's just, yeah, it's just a tribe to look up to. And I think the Chickasaws built like tiny homes too for yeah. their people during the pandemic. I want a like, tiny home, <laughs> right? <laughs> like. I'm but, not going to lie. But they built them for their people, like, to house them during the pandemic, like, for people who couldn't. And I was like, that is, that's the Amazing. shit right there. <laughs> that's, like, that's what I like to see. And now, I mean, now they're building a whole resort. I'm like. Would you see that one on, um, it's being, are you on TikTok? No. You should get TikTok. A lot of info on there. But there's. um. I've heard TikTok. 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 <laughs> I'm obviously not on there. Uh, I've heard TikTok natives are the worst. Sorry, TikTok natives, but I've heard you the worst. How's that? <laughs> a lot of beef? Uh, no, just um, just a lot of like performing for white people. There's some of that. Yeah. There's like people. Like, well, they're being called out now on. Like, Facebook. why are you saying? Why are you telling people like stuff that's supposed to be like? Mm. Private knowledge. Yeah. Where is somebody <laughs> charging people for Indian names on there? Do you have Twitter? I do, but I don't get on it. Okay. I was gonna get into Twitter. I was gonna ask you how to get in that Twitter, native Twitter. Okay. Hashtag native Twitter. No, but on TikTok they had the I guess it's a tiny home at Home Depot. It's like a two story and it's only twelve thousand oh. dollars. That's dope. That you should do it. See, well, I mean like who were we talking about? The Chickasaws? Yeah. I mean, like that just shows, like I may be wrong. It's just, I think it's one of the sea tribes. But Let's see, Chickasaw, Cherokees, might be Choctaw. I remember seeing something like that. It was like a whole yeah. field of just tiny homes that were made for um, quarantine, and they would bring you food and water, and you'd chill there mm-hmm. until you were done with quarantine. And I mean, that's such a great idea. That I think all tribes should have done that. And I mean, maybe they are. I know, I know there's like some tribes up north. Um, I seen a picture that the other day there's um construction going on for tiny homes, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh man, with thing with the way things are going now, like it just seems like the smart thing to do. And I mean, they're not even that expensive either. So, on that note, my friends and I. Mm-hmm. We're currently working on a proposal that we want to take to the tribes um, to starting a start a housing initiative for them, um, either on their reservation land or somewhere in the city, just because per population, there's, you know, however many hundred tens of thousands of natives within Oklahoma City and in Tulsa, too. Like, we want to take a proposition to the tribes to... First, we want to start off small, start with like solar generators Mm -hmm. and then 
stuff to help them charge their phones, like so we can go out and do camps into their camps and help them charge all their stuff. Mm-hmm. But then what you do is you go and ask the tribes to start building housing on their land for all these people that we have that are houseless because mm-hmm. how many of these people are native that we're not taking care of? Like that, I mean, you know, they're can't even make it to IHS because they don't have no money to get to the bus or whatever. Like, or I mean, even veterans or people that are mentally ill that just need help mm-hmm. or people that just got out of prison that need help getting back on their feet. Like, I think everybody deserves a little bit of grace. And so why aren't we like providing these affordable and low cost housing options to our people? Mm-hmm. So especially when there's shit tons of grant money out there that literally all they need <laughs> is someone to write a grant and they can get it because tribes can get money for anything because they already have that status too. Yeah. Like they can apply for it and they can get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas my group of friends, we would have to start a 501c and that costs ten to $20,000 because you need a physical residence to have a foundation out of. So we're mm-hmm. trying to start a proposition and I have a cousin who writes grants. Mm-hmm. But since all of us come from different tribal backgrounds, we're going to kind of go to, you know, as many as we can and kind of market it as an intertribal deal. Like, first we can start on reservation lands and then we can grow into the city because of the population that we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I think first they're going to be like, well, we want to help who we have here, like in our area. And that, I mean, that makes sense because we do have, I'm sure there's houseless people on reservations, mm-hmm. on our reservations. Um, so, sorry, I get confused saying res because the CNAs, they don't really like, they don't really have a res. Like you enter Cheyenne Arapaho Nation here, mm-hmm. but it's not like, it's not like a res res. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's different. It's different than like how the like Osage or the Cherokee have a res. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the Pawnee have a res? Or is it just? I think, I like, I think so. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. It's um, I, I'd say it's like just Indian, helmet, Indian housing or whatever. Native housing, whatever it is. But I mean, we got. HUD. Is that what it's called? I think so. But yeah, I mean, we got the. <laughs> That's how my cousin got his house. <laughs> Yellow Horse Drive, where I grew up. There's Eagle Chief. And I mean, like, they're both. They're, those two streets are just mainly Indian housing, I think. Then it's just kind of spread out. Then you got the tribal um, workplace. So hmm. I don't know. I just. Like. Let's call it Pawnee. <laughs> yeah. So, like. The Cheyenne, they have their stuff split between Concho, uh, Clinton, Canton, Watonga, and, like, they're still growing. Like, they're trying to put a cultural center. Uh, I think out in Clinton? Mm -hmm. One of the C's. Not Concho, though. 
but Concho is where all their stuff is at currently. And so they're trying to put a cultural center out there. So they're just, I don't, I don't know where they're, there's so many towns that they span. <laughs> I don't, there's not an actual, there's just like, there's the tribal, like food bank and, um, community center and, uh, powwow grounds and concho and like the cemetery. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and the Buffalo are out there actually. So I heard about your podcast. <laughs> so the first episode I was listening to, I don't remember which one it was, but someone was trying to think of a casino Mm-hmm. And you guys were trying so hard to think of the casino. And I was listening and I was like, it's fucking Lucky Star. It's Lucky Star. <laughs> it's Lucky Star. <laughs> I was like, I know exactly which casino you're thinking of. <laughs> and you guys cannot get it. And I was just like, ah, they need someone from Western Oklahoma. <laughs> so that's why I'm here to help you out and know that Lucky Star exists. <laughs> I wonder who that is with. I remember. I vaguely remember that. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't Damn even it. remember. I, I vaguely remember that, but saying like Windstar. Was that it? I think we're saying everything but uh, Lucky Star. Yeah. 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 I was like, it's not. It's not. I was like the Chickasaws on that one. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It's uh, like give us some credit where it's due, man. <laughs> Shout us out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I was like. Res Dog's giving all this attention to Eastern Oklahoma. Like, give us something. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's, yeah. I think it would be an amazing thing to provide an intertribal thing to people. Because, yeah. I mean, if eventually you could get the federal government to match your funding for it, like, Who's like there? Who's to say how many programs you could have within the housing area? Like you could have a certain housing area for for people who are just like getting out of the carceral system, and then you could have it for you know people who are facing health issues or mental health issues, so that they can get their specialized care or whatever in this area i mean it doesn't have to be a hospital because people want their freedom to live but Mm -hmm. like somewhere that they know they can go and be safe consistently um and i think that's key because like if you don't have anywhere to live you're being poor is so expensive like you get hurt and you don't have money for neosporin or hydrogen peroxide well and what does that turn into like you gotta go to the hospital. Well, you don't have insurance, and like, they look down on you because you probably are like, you know, your outward appearance. So it's just you know snowballs, multiple things. So my friends and I like are trying to eventually, hopefully, we can work it all out. But start that, and hopefully, the tribes will say yes. Talk to your people. <laughs> Well, I think it's a great idea. Um, I because th- my one of my goals is to like make enough money to 
I didn't know like what it was, but I know I wanted to help my people somehow. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how. Before I went to college and stuff, like I figured like I would just be, I mean, like, you know, live in Pawnee and die in Pawnee. Yeah. Like, never go out and, you know, see the world or something because yeah. I didn't have enough confidence in myself to even get out of Pawnee, you know? And I mean, and we go back to like schooling and stuff, you know, I didn't give my hardest effort and book learning and stuff. Like I, I just didn't get it. And it's not that I was dumb or anything. I just didn't like, I didn't feel like being like that obedient type. Yeah. Like read this. Oh, take a test. And then, I mean, like, I just felt like what for, you know, like what's, what's the point, you know? And I mean, it just never like interested me, like what they were teaching me and stuff. And so, and I mean, like, that plays the biggest part. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I just, and then once, you know, I started falling off like that and, and I wanted to like go, go to college and play football and stuff, but I kept getting hurt. Mm. And then I just like, and once that happened, it just kind of hit me like, that's kind of all I had you know, was maybe getting a scholarship somewhere and then paving my way to college. And then, but once I got hurt and I kept getting hurt, then it just felt like, you know, what's everything for? And then like your, your, your teachers really aren't encouraging to you. It's just kind of like, oh, well, I guess, I guess you're just going to fuck off and be, <laughs> life a, happens, <laughs> be a fuck off or whatever. So yeah, that's what I kind of figured. But, you know, stroke of luck, I got, I got in I and and I just didn't really know like like we go back to college it was just like a a kit like just a leash was off and you don't really understand anything because that was my first time leaving home being away from home on my own 12 hours away partying having the time <laughs> of my fucking life spending money not giving a fuck and I mean and then you know once that ends once that chapter ended it was like fuck i gotta work and pay this money off that i don't have yeah if i want to even go back to school you know because i mean graduation like you think about graduation and it's like well fuck like what's after graduation you like like what is this degree gonna do for me you know i haven't really made any connections of some sort i haven't really thought about what i truly want to do with this you know what i mean and it gets scary and so I couldn't go back anyway. So that's when I just started doing MMA. And I was like, well, you know, I'll do MMA and then hopefully I'll get into the fucking UFC because I went and trained with uh, his name was Tate Fletcher and then Henry Martinez. Tate Fletcher's on the Ultimate Fighter season three, I believe. I did it for the wrong reasons. I was like, oh, I just want to be famous. I just want to be like fucking. I want to be like up on the stage and I, I like, I just want money, you know, and it's like for the wrong things of actually like, you know, like making it, I guess, because mm-hmm. had I, had I did make it, I'd probably be dead. Like I'd be like Southpaw. <laughs> I mean that lifestyle, like it's a fast lifestyle. And if yeah. you don't, if you're not capable of handling it, you know, like, cause I didn't know anything about taxes and you're contracted to fight. So you have to, you get a cut of that money and then you got to pay taxes. You got to pay your gym. You got to pay all these other people. And then you're really left with kind of nothing, I guess. 
So your only money at that time, your only money was sponsorships. Yeah. So even then you got to make, you got to, you got to pay the man, you know, you got to, and then had I made it, made all that money or whatever, fuck, I'd probably be in prison because I, I didn't know, like, I wouldn't have known like taxes. I wouldn't have known to put 30% or whatever, whatever it is back and then pay that at the end or whatever, you know? And so, you know, like growth, like you go through all this stuff and everything is like a learning experience, like everything until like, I, I always say, like I started this was a learning experience. Like I got my head on straight, you know, I, I do drink, you know, whatever, but it's not like how I used to. Like, I feel like I got all that stuff out of my system in college or whatever yeah. and out of college. So I don't really like, yeah, I'll go out and have a few, like two or three or whatever. But I know my limits. You know, I know I know how to control it. You know, it, it's just not it's not something like I go out looking for. You know, I know there's work to be done here or wherever I'm at. Meeting like all these people and networking and being in contact with people and doing stuff different stuff and videoing and filming and all this stuff and i mean you know a lot of stuff has opened up to where i i can like i'm still struggling of course but i mean that's the beauty of it like struggling is struggling doing something you love you know that's it builds you up for that time that will come you know what i mean and i mean it's it's just like i don't think of it as like a struggle like oh fuck you know like I gotta pay rent or something like it's more of like how am I gonna make this like how am I gonna make this work I gotta get out there and hustle I gotta get out there and I gotta keep doing what I'm doing you know I can't I don't have I don't have the luxury of being depressed anymore you know like I have to like keep it moving I can't like just yeah I mean like I'll take breaks you know I'll take like a break a day break or something but you know I know there's work to be done you know, yeah. and it's all about the hustle. And so I want to hustle so bad that I want to make enough money to where I could do that stuff. Like, like buy tiny homes. Like tiny homes is a new option now. You know, you don't have to make a giant home. You know, you could just buy like these. If I had enough money, if I had enough money, then I would do that. I would buy like, I don't know, 20 tiny homes install everything and then start a commune and then (laughs) yeah i mean like on on tribal land of course i guess i don't know or i could buy my own land and make make a community of my own and just okay well here this is all paid for you probably just have to worry about utilities i guess i don't know i don't know how that work i just have to look into it but you know but i mean you talk about solar energy you talk about wind energy and there's enough sun and wind to go around for everybody. But, you know, I mean, that's just stuff I have to look into. And I mean, every time, though, I just I just feel like there's something once, you know, once everything gets how it's supposed to be, like, I know, like, I don't know if that's the way to go to help people, but I just want to help my people and then spread it out. You know, like I do want to help my people, but I just don't only want to help them. I know there's people that need help, too. So, yeah, you know, once once everything gets situated and 
you know, I start making what I'm supposed to make or whatever, you know, I'm ready for anything. You know, yeah. I want to, I want to help people, you know, yeah. I just, you know, cause it's hard out here. It's uh, fucking hard out here. So that is a huge part of native Twitter. Mutual aid is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, I hate to say it, but on Twitter, it's like, uh, whenever somebody's broke, we're all passing around the same $20 to each other, but everybody does have like each other's back, you mm-hmm. know? So like if you go on there, you will see a lot of posts for people who need stuff. And a lot, I mean, a lot of them are native because as natives, we are all dealing with colonialism yeah, and surviving capitalism and bullshit yeah so it's like i'm super big on trying to share those posts so that like any of my followers who you know hopefully aren't native and are feeling generous will give them some money Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you know if i just sold a painting that i have extra cash i can do it like that's how i want to use my presence um if i have a presence on online like i want to like i try and you know bring attention to important stuff i try and you know if i can help someone at the time i'll help them or bring attention that they need help um the larger picture is the housing thing uh but you know I think mutual aid is such a good way to spread it out, like you're saying, because, you know, I don't even know the way I view it. And like people have gotten, and I hate to say this, that I've gotten involved in discourse on Twitter, but like I've argued with people about it. They're like, well, how do you know they're like real or that they really need it? And I'm like, well, I don't need $20. I don't need this $20. So why do I care if they have it? Like if they need it, like then I just really help them out. If they don't like, it's just fucking, it's $20. Like what are you going to buy? Like, yeah. What are you going to do with that 20? You know, you can get, you can get a meal, a -hmm. tiny thing of weed and some sticks. Mm -hmm. You'll be set, bro. Like, and I'll be happy for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'll be happy for you. So, you know, I just, like, I don't see why we need to be so judgmental about it. Um, I feel like being Native is about, I mean, we're about being generous. Mm-hmm. Like, back in the day, at least in Lakota culture, like, if, and this was partially to get your name out there. Like, if, now, granted, a white woman has asked, has complimented a native woman's jewelry before just to see if she could get it. But mm-hmm. in the culture, like if you complimented someone's beadwork, they would give it to you. Like if they, if they made it, cause that would one, get your name out there. And two, like it's a sign of generosity and like, you're just being kind mm-hmm. and like sharing because that's their way. So I feel like bringing that into day into today um i think it's what uh a lot of allies need to learn how to do instead of being so um like 
skeptical. Because we're probably not lying about needing it. <laughs> I promise. Because um, redistribution of wealth is one of like the most like important things to help lift these people out of poverty because no one's doing it everyone's just hoarding it at the top so like you said like try and get some money and help my friend explained it to me like i have to be conscious about i how i mutual aid um because you can't mutual aid too much mm -hmm. to mutual aid yourself out uh how are you going to support other people if you're broke? You can't. So, like, yes, you want to help people, and it sucks, like, having to pick and choose, but, like, you kind of do have to, like, pick and choose your battles, per se. Like, not that you're, like, picking one person over the other, but maybe you just saw one person's post before you saw another person's post, and so you... S Gave them your $20 for the week. Mm -hmm. Because you know, if you keep going, you're not going to have any money for yourself. You're not going to have any money to support your business. You're not going to have any money. You're going to have to pull yourself out of a hole because you just screwed yourself by paying someone else's gas bill, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just have to be smart about it. No, I mean, if you do, like, because I was told that too, like, if if you have, like, a little extra or extra whatever, you know, like, whether it be food or clothing or something like, you know, and you're not even using it, you know, like give it to somebody, somebody like if somebody could, that could make somebody's day. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, you bring up like the whole, the mutual aid, is that what you called it? Yeah. So there's this guy on Facebook. He, uh, he's one of my friends on there and I haven't met him, but he's real, he's a cool dude. Like, you know, he, he's a, I think he has a big following, but he was asking for help for, um, forgot what happened. Something happened, but he was needing some aid, right? Mm -hmm. So he made a... GoFundMe? No, he didn't make a GoFundMe. He made a long post, and then he put his cash app and Venmo and stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And then, anyways, I seen it. And I think he's asking for, like, a 1000 I think. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him, like, 25 No, I, I didn't say shit. I just said... Uh, here, you know, and I think I put help on that thing, but um, I sent it and that was it, you know, and then I, I liked it and I, I think I even shared it. I said, hey man, help the bro out, you know, mm -hmm. and then I think when he, and then when he reached his goal, I didn't look at the comments or anything, but he posted, he was like, man, thanks everybody that donated, you know, and I'm going to put this to good use because, you know, I really do need it and and then he said, and to the ones that I guess people laughed at it and then like commented like hateful things like, like, why are you asking for help? You know, like, why are you asking for handouts? I mean, just being like fucking ugly as fuck to him. I didn't see that part. I, you know, I don't, I don't like, had I seen it, I probably would have said something like, mm -hmm. like, you don't know what the fuck people are going through. I don't know. But he, and I read his whole thing and I was like, wow, like people were being that shitty, you know, since you're asking for help. And I, and that's one thing I hate is that people forget like human nature is to be ashamed to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So like you have to think how much like these people are putting themselves through to even like put themselves out there and ask for help. Mm -hmm. so, like 
so why why make it even more difficult on them and be a dick? Like, if you don't want to give them money, just ignore it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to put them down. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, don't. I don't understand that either. I don't understand that mentality of trying to hurt somebody that's probably already hurt. Yeah. You know, and they had to. I think he even said that too. You know, it took a lot to type this up and ask for help because yeah. I don't ask for help. You know, and and I mean, he just. He said, but I really needed help. And then just for somebody, just for people to shit on it. It's like, I just don't understand it either. Yeah. It, it just, it kind of disgusts me a little bit. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, if you can't have enough human decency, like just, or, or even unfriend them. If mm-hmm. you think it's ridiculous, yeah, like unfriend them if you think that is so unfounded, like, and so you never have to interact with them again, and so you help them out so they never have to interact with you again because you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm, well, I mean, it shows like who to exit out of yes, your life. Too. Yes, exactly. Like if they think you're being outlandish, then for asking for help, like, at least if you know you're a genuine person and you need the help, like they're showing themselves out for you. Mm-hmm. So I just, that is just so unfortunate to me. I um, I hate that he got treated that way because that's just gross. I know. <sighs> I, I was surprised reading that. I mean, I was happy he got his goal, Yeah, but it, I was surprised reading below that, mm-hmm. the hateful stuff that happened. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't like, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't understand it. And then, I don't know, and then it makes you, like, think, like, well, fuck, like, you know, what are people going to say if I need help? You know, I mean, I guess it happens to everybody, but like I said, it it helps you figure out who to exit out of your life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I know that there are people that you have to watch out for like and there's people who use crowdfunding and mutual aid stuff for stuff that does not even need to be that is not a responsibility of the people around you like Mm -hmm. I don't think people need to be paying for like your regalia. Like, if you're deciding to do powwows, like, you are the one who took that upon yourself and decided to take that financial cost on because everybody knows regalia, all those sequins and those feathers and those rhinestones and ribbons mm-hmm. are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't think that's something that should be... I think that's just dumb, but I think, okay, if your gas is getting cut off or your rent or you have a medical bill or like, I don't know, shit, maybe even a warrant, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe that, like, so you don't go to jail, like over some dumb shit, like maybe you were at a protest. I don't know. But like, I feel like those are fair things and like, hell, Maybe even your dog got hit by a car. That sympathy might even 
pull my heartstrings. But even still, I would feel bad donating to that over someone who needed their rent paid, mm. <sighs> which is fucked up. But that's just Indian to me. <laughs> <sighs> well, I gave somebody money because their dog needed surgery. I've given somebody money because their it, dog needed surgery too. But it, uh, I also had to like <laughs> consciously go donate to somebody else so I didn't feel as bad. Like <laughs> I'm treating this dog better than people. <laughs> yeah. Animals put my heart, so I'm like, yeah, I, like around here, like, um, like if a homeless person has a dog, I'll that, give them, those are the ones that get me. <laughs> yeah, I think I gave somebody like, I think it was like forty bucks. Yep, because I was like, you need food and they need food. I was like, feed that baby, and they're like, I will, and so I don't know. I just have a, I have a big heart for uh, dogs, cats, <laughs> yeah. all animals. But I mean, yeah. but yeah, um, but I mean, I'll donate to a lot of stuff, you know, and it, it just, you know, and I usually have extra and it, I guess that's a reason why. <laughs> I mean, there's one time, dang, when was it? Last year, I think sometime, but this girl came over here, never met her before, knocked on the door and she said, um, hey, uh, can you help me with some money? I was like, uh, who are you? And she said, oh, I live back here. And then I said, uh, In the park. well, like, what do you, what do you need? She's like, man, my, my light bill is about to get cut off. My husband's not here. He's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in the army. He's, uh, deployed, deployed. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word, but he's deployed and he's not here and. Um, so I don't have any like money or whatever. And the, our bills like, she wouldn't tell me how much it was. And so I just, I was like, and I just got this check and I was like, hold on. And I just cashed it too, but I gave her like 75 or no, I can't get, I think I gave her 80. I was like, well, here's 80, you know? And I was like, hopefully that yeah, helps. Cover it, yeah. Hopefully that helps or pays for it. I don't know. You yeah. know, and she wouldn't tell me how much it was. So. Just gave her that. So, oh, thanks, you know, thanks. But it was weird because, like, my dog was, like, right there, and she was, like, trying to, like, look at her, like, look inside the house and stuff. And I was, like, and I was, like, kind of blocking away, and she was, like, oh, it's a pretty dog. I was, like, oh, thanks, you know. And then she goes, what kind is it? And I was, like, it's a pit uh, lab. And I'm, like, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, weirded out by people that are like that because – I don't want nobody to steal her because a lot of people steal like pits. small pits. Like yeah. That. But um, anyways, I gave her that money and she left and I was doing a podcast too. And then we, I, I went back and I came back in here and we started talking again. Like 20 minutes later, the doorbell rang and I was like, now what went over there? And it was her again. And she said, uh, uh, can I have a little more? <laughs> I was like, what? And she was like, this, this ain't going to cover it. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I'm not responsible for your light bill or anything. Like, I'm just like, I want to help out, but you know I mean? That's all I can give you like yeah. 80 bucks, you know? And I was like, I'm sorry. And she's like, are you sure you don't have enough to give me? And I was like, I got my, you own, won't even tell me how much it is. I have my <laughs> own bills to pay. Like I, I have a car payment coming up. Like I got stuff to pay too or whatever. And then she said, okay, all right, well, I just want to ask again. And I was like, 
okay. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, but that's all I can give you. I was like, is that 80? So, and then she never said like how much she truly owed. She just, yeah. And she said she lived back here in a house and I'd never seen her, never seen her. But so I think it was like a person that just walked through here, mm. you know, I mean, I don't care, you know, like hopefully that helped with whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know if it was the light bill or whatever, you know, but you needed it. You needed something. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I thought that was crazy. That was the first time I ever had something like that happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's always going to be people who take advantage of it somehow. Not to not saying that it was, I mean, maybe. I don't truly know. Because I didn't see, she never. She she regardless of whether it was for her phone bill, she got something she needed that day. Yeah, yeah. That's all there is to it. Whether it was food or her light bill on, or she got something she needed. So yeah. That helped carry her over. Yeah. So. So. You did some good. Hopefully, you're out there. You got some karma. Living good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that was crazy. That was like the first time I ever seen that. Oh yeah, I was gonna get into this how do i join native twitter okay uh i mean i can give you some people to follow um is it a secret it's really just like a big group of people is it like a group created in twitter no or is it it's just you happen to follow people all these people? people yeah like that so I'm not familiar with Twitter. I have a Twitter, but I don't mess around with it. Um, so <laughs> like dumb it down for me. I follow a bunch of people who all follow each other, mm-hmm. and that big group of people who follow each other because we're all native in some one way or another mm-hmm. is native Twitter. So like generally like for and this is going to sound snobby but like if someone follows me but i don't share any followers with them or i don't see like their tribe in their uh bio Mm -hmm. i don't follow back just because i'm like "Eh, i don't know what you're about but if i see that they share followers with like all my mutuals and then and or i see like their nation listed i'm like oh okay so i know why they're following me like they're following me for my dumb native stuff i'm posting or my cool native stuff or my native art whatever native stuff i'm posting that day (laughs) whatever i'm doing um so like my dad asked me and i sent him a list of people to follow he didn't follow any of these people because this man is he doesn't listen to anything i say (laughs) Is that is that just a native man thing? Do you not do you, hmm. do you listen? Not really. I guess it is like I have to Yeah, uh, you have to tell me like four times, four or five times. Yeah. Cuz like you'll tell me something like that I feel like maybe isn't as important like and then I'll just kind of like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but mm-hmm kind of just do wave it off and do something else yeah and then like the second time it's like all right i hear you now yeah and then just go back to fucking around then the third time it's probably three or four times like then it's like all right i need to zone in but i'm like a 
a lazy learner too. Like I kind of just have to be in the be in a moment or something. I don't know. Like I have to like like reading a book. Like I have to be in a mood. Right? Yeah. Like I have to I have to be in a certain type of mood, a mind frame, a quiet room or something. Even if it's audible, I'll just have to put my headphones in and just sit there and then just listen because I get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. No, I definitely feel you. I I mean, it's seriously just a and I you find new people all the time. I try not to this is going to sound snotty too but i try not to follow people that are like under 25 just because i don't you know i look back on when i was under 25 and i'm like my brain was not formed yet so don't need to interact (laughs) like i'll let you like you guys can hang out with the kids who are your own age because i feel like an old so if you want to follow me that's fine but i don't feel like we need to talk Mm -hmm. like it's not like I posted anything like explicit um, ever, but I just like, I feel like kids that age are going like kids, <laughs> people under 25, uh, like they're figuring their shit out. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I figured my shit out. I'm past that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not that I don't know anyone, not that I don't associate with one anyone under 25, but I just feel like they're figuring their stuff out and like they're making their mistakes right now. And so I can take my step away. If they need help, they can ask me for help. But like personally, I, I just don't follow them. Um, and then uh, so searching for nations. So like, you could probably search Pawnee on Twitter and you would like people who had Pawnee in their bio would probably pop up as, do you just want me to follow Okie podcast or, or whatever? Did I'll you make you. another one? No. Do I, you have a it, personal one? It's just Okie podcast. Okay. I have another one, but I'm not even going to dive into two. I'll just use Okie podcast, but yeah. Cause I'll blast the last episode and get everybody on there to listen. Cool. Cause I feel like most, I mean, isn't everybody on here native pretty much? Almost. Pretty much. It's open to anybody, but <laughs> but yeah, um but uh let everybody know where to follow you. Okay. Keep up with you, buy your stuff. Um currently you can buy my stuff on Redbubble. I'm too broke for a website. Sorry y'all. Uh Redbubble at Bears Will Kill You. Um is my page on there. At Bears Will Kill You is my Instagram page and it's at bears will kill you with the letter U, not the word U. Um, and Twitter, bears will kill you as well. Uh, that's about it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Savannah. Uh, You're shaking uh, hands. I'm know. like, what's no, happening? I, no, I was just trying to. I don't know what she was doing. Oh. <laughs> but, but thanks for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you driving down here, being on the episode, and just talking having a good time sharing about yourself yeah and you know you're more than welcome to come back on whenever and if you have anything to promote or you just want to come back and chill or whatever then that's fine too broken arrow is having a pot not a podcast a powwow (laughs) they're having a powwow uh i believe august August 5th 5th, through 7th uh i'm gonna have a booth there with a couple of my friends we'll be selling beadwork paintings beaded hats 
iced coffee and cupcakes. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. So, and that'll be supporting um, Native veterans for one of the missions, VAs that I have up here. Okay. (sighs) So, I think that's all I have to plug and support. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, we're in Broken Arrow. (laughs) You can go to that. (laughs) But, yeah, um, everybody, check her out at the Broken Arrow powwow. Where's that going to be at? Uh, At the Mohawk Park? No, that's in, that's on 41st. No, that's by the zoo. Mohawk Park, I think. I might be wrong. It is at the Broken Arrow Events Park, 21101 East 101st Street. I don't know who that is. I'll find it. But yeah, that's where it is. Everybody check out her artwork. Go follow her. Go buy it on. You can Bubble. DM me on Twitter. Uh, I respond quicker, and that's how you get original pieces. Yes, do that. And then everybody go follow Okie Podcast on Instagram at Okie Podcast. Uh, I guess now Twitter at Okie Podcast at yeah. Russell Muscle 49 on Instagram. Uh, Russell Sunny go on Facebook. Okie Podcast is on Facebook. Okie Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. I'd say Google it and you would find it. Also, don't forget to rate it and review it. And check out the website, okiepodcast.com. And yeah, uh, until next time, peace. <laughs>